Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It was a highly anticipated matchup last night, and Lamar Jackson was the clear winner along with the Ravens. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. If you did not stay up to watch Sunday Night Football, it was the Baltimore Ravens taking advantage of Jacksonville's mistakes, Perloff. Jacksonville missed field goals. They had fumbles, turnovers. I mean, the whole thing. And meanwhile, the Ravens played a, a, a very good game, and Lamar Jackson was the clear star. I mean, he was breaking tackles. He was at all the time in the world to to throw the ball. He was running the ball like we expect Lamar Jackson late in the season. He did it everything for the Ravens last night. Yeah, I wasn't as impressed as you. I don't think actually that was one of the better Lamar games in the sense that there really wasn't much there for him, so he had to run. They don't isn't that the storyline this year? They don't want Lamar Jackson to use his legs. They want him to be a pocket passer, and there was no pocket passing at all last night. For whatever reason, Lamar just didn't see easy throws. So he's like, I have to make a play. And he took a lot of hits last night. He had 12 runs, three sacks, and there was one play where he got completely drilled and somehow threw a beautiful pass. Yep. But I, I think it was a good game, definitely a good game, but it wasn't a dominant Lamar performance in the sense that it just – he wasn't throwing it all over like we've seen him do earlier this year. Earlier this year, he was passing more effectively. Yeah. Last night, it wasn't quite there. Well, only 14 pass attempts, right? Or, or excuse me, 14 completions, 24 pass attempts, 174, 71 yards. I mean, Trevor Lawrence on the other side blew those numbers away. He passed 43 times, although they were trailing by three scores for a lot of the for a lot of the second half. But Lamar, you said, carried the ball 12 times for 97 yards. He averaged eight yards a rush last night. And that, to me, okay, you want Lamar not to expose himself to injury, but you had to win a game last night. And if that's the way you got to do it, I think that's what can make Baltimore dangerous when they can combine the two. Like when Lamar is able to have that threat of the run, but able to be a more effective passer. Listen, he buys himself so much time. You say he hangs onto the ball, but he's like dancing around in there. It it wears teams out. Oh, it's impossible to deal with. But there are a lot of teams who say – if you're going to just completely sell out and have your quarterback run, the Eagles could do that with Jalen Hurts. They could run him 25 times a game. But you, this is a problem with Baltimore is they, they need to be more well-rounded than that. And I worry that they're falling back in old habits where, like, let's let Lamar Jackson do everything, which is not ideal. Now, you could also argue that the story last night was that defense. That defense there, I think they're the number one defense in the league right now. They're amazing, too. So I think Lamar is playing into that a little bit. Like, he's not flinging it all over the place because he's like, I'm going to play conservative, and I'm going to let my defense win the game because the defense is incredible. They were good. And what this is really setting up, which I think is pretty fascinating, is Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy on the two sides of the MVP race. 
And so on the one side, you have Brock, who, I mean, is playing amazing. You know, yeah. I, even if I think a Christian McCaffrey is the true MVP of the 49ers, or let's call it what it is, probably Trent Williams at left tackle. He's <laughs> probably the real MVP, but we know he's not going to get the award. I think McCaffrey is so good. I think he's such a... Um, it's like he's the North Star, you know? It's like if if, if ever anything ever goes a little bit haywire, you can always go back to McCaffrey. It's like having – I'd say it's a security blanket, but I think that's something reserved for, like, tight ends and stuff. This yeah. is a guy who's dynamic also as a security blanket. So I, I think that's not doing him, like, justice. But you have Purdy, who's distributing the ball, making great plays on his own right. And then you have Lamar, who's like – I mean, the wow plays – are off the charts at times, and he's clearly has to shoulder a lot more of the load. Well, yes, except that I'm not. If, yeah, I agree. Brock Purdy's a system guy. The real MVP is Kyle Shanahan, who's scheming all these guys open. And I think Kittle's as much of a security blank. I mean, the big touchdown by McCaffrey was set up because it was third and yep. long, and he hit Kittle over the middle. No doubt. Uh, I, I think Brock Purdy deserves a lot of credit for that. And and again, here's the thing: Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Let's be honest about how this voting. You don't goes. think he deserves another one? Well, I he does deserve. He's definitely a most valuable player, but he was probably a little better. I mean, it's pretty close. He was pretty unstoppable that year, uh, and they were weren't they? They only lost two games, fourteen and two. I just think that it, is, has he done anything different enough to give him a second MVP here? Because if he wins two MVPs and doesn't win in the playoffs, we're going to look back and say, well, maybe we're overestimating what Lamar can do here. I mean, that that's just the reality of what's happening here. Well, but here's the thing. Like, Chris Collinsworth made this point on the broadcast last night. I think it's a salient one, which is Lamar Jackson's never going to have the numbers that's going to beat at the passing numbers that's going to beat out, like, a Brock Purdy. You know, like, well, except that he did kind of on the MVP year. He had 36 touchdowns and and six interceptions. He had incredible passing numbers. Right, but he, but what were the actual numbers? It was like they didn't throw for that many yards. That's but what he's, is that? But that's he's not throwing for that many yards this year either. Right, that's what Collinsworth's point was. Right, he's never going to have the numbers of like he's not going to throw for 4,500 yards. This is not going to be a Matthew Stafford type of thing or something like that. So you're never going to have those eye popping numbers, even though you had the rushing numbers in, and that's really what put him over the top for the MVP. Um, you know, three four years ago, right. 2019. So, and he's still by far leading the league in NFL quarterback rushing. Yes, exactly. And so it's just like it set up such a interesting dichotomy because also, you know, I just think when history looks back, are we going to see Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy and be like, wow, like we really didn't give it to Lamar because Brock was distributing to all these weapons where Lamar was doing a lot more. I, I don't know. Doing a lot more, what does that mean exactly? It means Lamar is running a lot. And here's the thing. I, I don't even care about the MVP. Baltimore came into the season and said, why have we not won a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson? Because he's been holding on to the ball and he's been taking too many hits. So they brought in Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, and said, let's change it so the, the load is shared around the offense. And that's not happening now. So I just worry... You know, why are they exposing Lamar? They were up in this game, and they yep. were doing designed runs. Just stop. Hand the ball off, which they, you know, they've had a lot of injuries in that running back position, obviously. But hand the ball off. I don't want to see Lamar take 20 hits in a game. Again, when your defense is completely stymieing the other team, just slow down with the Lamar runs. That's what I would do. Let's hear Brock Purdy, because even he is endorsing Christian McCaffrey for MVP. Dude, I think... I think Christian should be MVP. I think I, I really do believe that. You know, he does everything um, for us, runs the ball well, can catch the ball. He does everything. And so, in my eyes, that's an MVP. Okay. Ironically, that's going to get Brock Purdy more votes 
because he's such a good teammate. Of course, he would endorse Christian McCaffrey for MVP. I, I think, you know, as much as I'm going to, I'm going to remain on my hill here about McCaffrey being the more valuable player, I think this is really shaping up very, very well for Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean, I, I would go back to the argument. The, the Niners would definitely miss Christian McCaffrey in a huge way. But if Brock Purdy goes down, then I think the Super Bowl hopes are dashed. He's really seeing the field perfectly right now. It's like everything that... I don't know what the deal is. He's not making any mistakes. Every time he drops back, he's doing the right thing. And that's that's a skill. So for people who are new to the show and we're bringing on new affiliates like crazy, so this is awesome. And thank you so much to everyone who's been supportive. You're going to learn something about us is that we love show bets around here, right? Yeah. And I'm old enough to remember, and I believe this was the off season, maybe, when Andrew Perloff Bet me, was it a steak dinner out in New York that Sam Darnold was going to win a playoff game yes. for the 49ers? And now all of a sudden, if Sam Darnold has to play, we're going to really see that Purdy is the real MVP because it's such a downgrade. Well, Oof. no, I mean, I, I feel really good about this. Purdy almost got uh, got destroyed yesterday. And Purdy, by the way, like Lamar Jackson, seems to have no fear of injury. And that is a really you know, bad thing. They wrap thing. his elbow every time he goes yeah, to the sideline. But Purdy was definitely exposing himself. And... That sounds wrong. Uh, we know what you, you know. Expose himself to punishment. I understand a... we're on in San Francisco, and exposing yourself definitely means something different on the streets of San Francisco <laughs> oh, these days. Boy. But Brock Purdy is taking huge hits. Lamar Jackson is taking huge hits. There's a lot of football left. We could talk. And the MVP, can I just say one thing? The MVP, yes. is it's a stupid debate. This is, should be about. This isn't the NBA in-season tournament. I. <laughs> it's about <laughs> winning the. It's about winning the Super Bowl, and I don't care who wins the MVP. Who is in the best position to win the well, Super Bowl? The 49ers look pretty good for that on that front as well. Yeah, and who are they on a collision course with? With the Baltimore Ravens, yeah, it could well, be 2012 all over again. Well, they're playing next week, and it feels like to me they're probably going to meet in the Super Bowl. So. Give the MVP to either guy you want. I would rather see these two styles contrast in the Super Bowl. It'd be amazing. Brock Purdy, the ultimate system guy, and Lamar Jackson, the ultimate non-system guy. But both of them have to stop taking these massive hits. Otherwise, we're going to have that Sam Darnold bet. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like... uh... I'll be eating steak dinner, and I might get the surf and turf. Oh, yeah, but uh, you don't think... Darnold is not great. Even We saw him a little bit yesterday. Yeah. They could beat... Say they got Tampa Bay or something. They could beat somebody. So... Yesterday, Perloff, it's it's worth mentioning. It's a good point. At certain points during the game yesterday, you did have Purdy, McCaffrey, and Bosa all have to leave the game. Now, luckily, they all came back into the game. That was a theme yesterday, actually, if we're going to 30,000 foot this thing. Guys getting hurt and coming back in? Mm. I thought we weren't doing that. I'm not talking about the 49ers, although... It looked no, like I mean, Purdy like, kind of hit his head, right? Can we call that what it is? And his he, eyes looked a little glassy to me through that helmet. Well, he also had a, a concussion-like symptoms when they were flying back from Minnesota after that loss, right? So that Tommy DeVito went back into a game yesterday when it looked like he was, I don't know, unconscious for a second on the field, maybe. Um, luckily, Zach Wilson didn't go back in, although... I mean, that was looked pretty bad. He took a yeah. massive hit yesterday. I mean, to me, that first hit he took from Chubb should have been it Oof. for him. And they put him back in after that. Yeah, so. that's true. And then he went to the side. Uh, right. The he played block. a couple more series before they eventually pulled him. And we also just learned Trevor Lawrence suffered a concussion at some point yeah. in the game. And when was that? Yeah. He played the whole game. It does seem like the NFL has gotten lax on concussions. I mean, you can't 
can't ignore it. Uh, we saw it last week. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Gardner Minshew got concussed in the middle of the game. Everybody saw it. They handed a ball off nine times in a row afterwards, and they didn't, he didn't even go to the tent. I mean, C.J. Stroud did not play yesterday because he has a concussion, but, you know, and I was thinking to myself, imagine his symptoms must be pretty bad if they kept him out. I, I hate to think that way, or maybe they're just a little worried about him as the future of the franchise, but... I mean, these days, it just feels like we're sending guys back in left and right, even and the, when they're grabbing their head like the, the surefire signs that we've been told to look out for. Yeah, and the Zach Wilson thing was particularly concerning because how the Jets played games with it. Because first it was, well, he may have a wrist. And it was, well, he's going back for dehydration was what they said. Yeah. And then they said he has a head injury but not a concussion. It wasn't until the second half where they finally said, yes, he does indeed have a concussion. I don't know how we went from from wrist to dehydration to head, but not <laughs> concussion, and then concussion. What other kind of head injury can you have? A bad hair day? I was like, like, I don't a, know like, what like else. A, a skull fracture? I'm not even trying <laughs> to joke. Like, it's kind of a joke, but it's not. Like, I mean, that's really kind of the only other thing I could think of, right? Only yeah. the Jets. Right. Well, well, I mean, we'll get to them. If you actually, Aaron Rodgers uh, couldn't hide his disdain yesterday. If right. you actually want to uh, do the 30,000-foot view thing, I mean, the quarterback injuries. It's crazy. I mean... We were arguing about this on our call yesterday. I mean, the amount of backup quarterbacks and the effect it's having on the league now. And I'm telling you right now, this there are three games left. I can't wait. We got two out there taking hits. We got Lamar Jackson taking hits. We got Brock Purdy taking hits. I wonder who we're going to see in the playoffs. I mean, Maggie, how's your arm? Are you warming up? Because <laughs> I mean, you might get signed. <laughs> well, to a, I mean, it's a backup quarterback fest. Now, where you and I were disagreeing on this was you think that the product's been really bad. And I've been saying, wait a minute, but are yes. you not entertained? I am because not. I watched, you know, Cincinnati and Minnesota Ugh, poor, overtime. Poorly played. T. Higgins may have had the catch of the year. I'm being entertained. I'm watching yesterday the Bears and the Cleveland Browns. Awful I'm game. entertained. I'm Terrible watching football. the Indianap. I'm watching the Titans uh play yesterday against the Houston Texans. I'm entertained. They can neither team can even get a snap off without a penalty. That I, that's I understand, but I just think there's a lot of poorly played football right now. I mean, I'll go back to Raiders Chargers. I mean, that was unwatchable. Oh, that my. was terrible. Okay, that one was a bridge too far. I'll give you those other games we can talk like about. Like the Easton Stick, Aiden O'Connell. I don't want to see that, especially because one team's getting blown out. But if the teams can keep it relatively close, or you get a big comeback, then I'm willing to say, all right, maybe Tom Brady was right about the league being mediocre. But at least I'm into the game. Yeah, I mean, I think look at all the great quarterbacks who are on the bench right now. We've had seven or eight major injuries. Justin, Justin Herbert yeah. gone. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I just, I'm a little worried about this because I think we're going to see more injuries. I think the playoffs are going to be backups versus backups. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Uh, you are welcome to weigh in. Brock Purdy or Lamar Jackson? Who would get your MVP vote? We also, are we going to do a poll on the Cowboys? I think so. What do you think? It would about the loss. I mean, them not being able to win on the road. That's an issue. Yes! Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How about do you think the Cowboys can win a road playoff game? I mean, you, Manny's playing the here we go, here we go. That was clearly from a Cowboys home game. Because when they're on the road and the crowd is into it, you can't hear. No one can hear the cadence. I feel like that must play into it. A uh, lot more to do, including the latest from college football. Don't worry, we have not and will not neglect college football as we talk about the NFL on this Monday. We've got it all for you. It's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Purdy was definitely exposing himself. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. 
I noticed something this weekend. There was a two parallel games. AFC North teams getting killed all game by bad NFC North teams. Yep. And coming back to win. Yep. And the big question is, what does it mean? Not for the AFC North teams necessarily, too, but Minnesota loses at Cincinnati. Should have won that game. Couldn't execute a tush-push to save their lives. I mean, the same play two times in a row. They called it out on the broadcast. Was it Jason McCourty or Devin? Apologies. They're identical twins. I think Jason did the game. Okay, Jason. I think. He's like, why are you doing the tush push and the guy who's pushing is the smallest guy on the team? You need the biggest guy on the team pushing Nick Mullins. And Nick Mullins couldn't even handle the ball in the second one. And then Chicago has Cleveland beat, but Chicago's defense fell apart in the fourth quarter, and Cleveland comes away with the win. I, once again have no idea how good Justin Fields is after that game. I just cannot figure it out, Maggie. Okay, and I don't well, know what they're going to do with him. Okay, if DJ Moore catches that Hail Mary and <laughs> does it... Darnell Mooney, yeah. Or Darnell Mooney, sorry. Yeah. Darnell Mooney catches that Hail Mary instead yeah. of basically catching it and then somehow bobbling it to the point where he then kicked it into the hands of uh, the Cleveland defender who then smartly ran it out of the end zone and sat down... I mean, maybe we're talking about Justin Fields. Is like, he's still hot. They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Yeah, but he did make a couple big mistakes in this game. And the offense did not flow like it has been flowing. I I think they are going to be very tempted. If Carolina, who uh, ends up with a number one pick, then the Chicago gets it. Right. I am not seeing an offense that you would not want Caleb Williams with. I, I, I lean right now that Justin Fields gets traded to Atlanta. And Caleb Williams is the quarterback of Chicago next year. I love it because I do think that Justin Fields is going to get traded. I think Atlanta would be very smart to try to do something here. Now, the thing is about Atlanta, do you think that they'd rather put all their eggs into the draft basket? Now, it's not going to be easy because right now they sit at the 10th overall pick, so you'd really have to trade a lot to get up to trade with Arizona maybe at three if they're sticking with Kyler Murray. Well, I mean, or they draft. There are a lot of quarterbacks around this year. Maybe they could draft a quarterback there. But Justin Fields is twenty-four. He's basically the same age as Michael Penix and Bo Nix. Yeah, that's true. And I just need to get paid sooner. The only problem with Justin Fields is his contract. But I think if you put Justin Fields talent-wise into this draft, he would do well against everybody except Cal Williams. Is is there a possibility they do both? I mean, what is Justin Fields realistically worth in the trade market? Second third rounder? Round, second, third rounder? I mean, uh, Sam the, Darnold got a second rounder from Carolina. Now, that's one of the dumber front offices in the league, but... But if you give him a, sec- <laughs> if you give him a second rounder and then you decide, okay, we're still going to take a quarterback in the first round and see what we have, like, is there is there any possibility they think about that? I mean, that would really... Take a or take a... I got to be wait, honest. Wait, wait, I feel like that would be, mark, like, a sea change in the NFL. Like, if you trade a second round pick for a guy and bring him in, not to compete with Ritter... Right, and then draft another guy over him. It feels like wow, we have really reached the fifth dimension for wait, wait, quarterbacks. Wait, wait, wait. So, so explain second this round scenario. maybe maybe rich. I was thinking if they gave him a third round pick was more what I was thinking. Third wait, round wait, wait, pick wait. for Justin Fields and also draft Michael Penix. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Wow. Slow down here. You're talking about Atlanta. Yes. And so Atlanta trades for Justin Fields. Yes. And then takes a later round quarterback. Yes. No, you're saying a first round quarterback. A first round quarterback, right? Oh, so with they, where they land, between pick. 10 and 14. So that means Justin Fields is your bridge quarterback. Right, exactly. And if he wins the job, then no. you say, okay, we can trade our first-round pick, and you'll probably get something good for him because it's a first-round pick. I don't think so because Justin Fields is so young. The fact that you're not going gotcha. to – you can't have a 24-year-old bridge quarterback. That's, that's what I would think. And Justin Fields is as good as these guys, right? Isn't he? Or 
That's the question. I How mean, he good threw a she? beautiful ball to Robert Tanyan, who just dropped it. That should have been oh, a touchdown. Yeah. That was such a killer. I screamed at the TV. Yep. Let's hear from DJ Moore uh, because, well, he was backing up Justin Fields when it comes to him or the top two guys in the draft. Well, I don't know. Y'all asked me that, what, last week? Somebody asked me that last week. I'm still like, bro, where are y'all seeing this? Like, what, what makes him not the quarterback for the Chicago Bears right now? I get y'all got everybody coming out. What, it's like two of them? I don't think they better than Justin, so they cool. It's going to get really awkward when one of those guys is going to be throwing passes to DJ Moore next year. <laughs> well, listen, he's being the good teammate. He's got to say that. Yeah, and the funny thing is they have their own pick. That was a great loss for them yesterday. Yeah, they right now have the fifth overall pick. Yeah, I mean, if they can get up and get Marvin Harrison Jr., that changes the complexion too. And Justin Fields would be pretty good throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. as well. They've never had receivers. DJ Moore is their first good receiver in years. So they could build up. A, they have a lot of options here. It's actually an exciting time for Bears fans. I don't mind that they lost this game. What good does a win do them? They weren't going to make the playoffs likely. So Well, they were on the fringe. So Yeah, but I mean, still, even so, th- this is about the future. And I, I think they're going to be really interesting moving forward. I would want that GM job. I think and I think he's actually done a nice job, Ryan Poles. The Montez sweat trade has been uh, been very good. So anyway, I think that's a bright bright future with Fields or without him. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. The future Chicago quarterback is definitely front center. We've also been asking you if it comes down to Brock Purdy or Lamar Jackson, who gets your MVP vote? Josh is in San Diego. Has got a thought on it. Hey, Josh, what's up? Uh, I've been a diehard Niner fan since 1995. Uh, I prefer him not to get Brock Purdy, not to get the MVP, because historically it kind of doesn't uh, mesh with postseason and getting to the Super Bowl, and that's what counts. So you can give it to Dak, like they were talking about all last week before they got smashed by the Bills. And uh, let's just keep keep going here with the Niners. Go Niners, <laughs> Josh. I, the thought process is inspired. I don't yeah. think you're hiding from anyone, though. I, like the 49ers aren't sneaking up on anybody at this point. There's no under the radarness. No, he's you're right there. He's a hundred percent right. The MVP is so indicative of a playoff failure. It was the Peyton Manning Award forever. And what about Mahomes? Won it and won the Super Bowl. But rare. I mean, rare. I totally see what you're saying. It's like the NBA. They give it to Giannis two times and he doesn't win the title. They give it to Jokic two times. He doesn't win the title. Finally, they don't give it to Joker. He wins the title. There must be a cause and effect here. <laughs> because you have, I'll bet you if you look through the years, the MVP and the actual Super Bowl winning quarterback uh, are often uh, different things. All right. We're going to take a little deeper dive into that as Marco Belletti is here with some headlines this morning. Hey, Marco. Good morning, guys. Well, I will say this for 49er fans. Maybe it's a good omen. 89, Montana won the MVP. 94, uh, Steve Young won the MVP. Yeah, but that yeah. was so obvious. Well, it's the last time they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, and so that means you shouldn't be worried about this if you're no. Josh in San Diego or anyone else. You want a good omen? I mean, that's the best I can give you. That's a good I know you it was know, 30 years ago. but You know how these modern votes say Coach of the Year is death for whoever wins that. Mm-hmm. That means your team has no chance. No, Coach mm-hmm. of the Year means you're getting fired. Yeah, you, you get fired. <laughs> there you go. They, like Bernie Bickerstaff in the NBA. Yeah, I don't think MVP is definitely a good thing. I know that sounds weird, but it does seem like often you pick the wrong guy. All right. Well, bowl season has started, kind of, and it included UCLA finishing off Boise State in the L.A. Bowl, but more important than that. Now, Chip Kelly made a ton of headlines. Some of the ideas he has for football as we creep up on realignment next year. Keep in mind, Bruins headed to the Big Ten, right? So Kelly with some thoughts about how they can still move the football around but not affect the other sports. Our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. 
our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball, but because football left. And they're saying, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the group of five. So Chip Kelly bringing up a lot of different things. I mean, it's not the first time you've heard this, but right. we're getting closer to it, and you know, he brings up some good points. He's saying 65 or 64 teams mm-hmm. in the Power Five, another 64 in the Group of Five, mm-hmm. and they all you play each other if you're in the Power Five. You play each other if you're in the Group of Five. You sell it to multiple different networks. Yeah. He was saying that you call the divisions like Amazon and Nike. Well, yeah, I think I think this was it. Okay. If you went together collectively as a group. And so there's 132 teams, and we all share in the same ter- we all share the same TV contract, so that the Mountain West doesn't have one, and the Sun Belt doesn't have another, and SEC has one, and they have another. That we all go together. That's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five. You can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You need a lot of different things. Yeah. So he, you know, all independent. You got the TV revenue check there, and then. He thought this completely through. We still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done. That money now needs to be shared with the student-athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing. The players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And I think that's where we hit the roadblock. Why? Because it feels like that's the part with college football, correct me if I'm wrong, that's what they're afraid of. I feel they're like that's the, I think that's the part where they, they they're kind of like oh for 64 independent all right and schedule okay we can get TV revenue we can bring the money in we got to share it with the players ah no mm. they don't want to but but look at the way the tide is going I mean you're right NIL has come along and they lose every court battle it's coming uh, there's I think the the tide has changed in a major way no I I think that we're eventually going to get get here but you know there's going to have to be a couple boring yet necessary steps that are going to have to happen like you're going to have to get a union you're going to have to have representation you're going to have to figure out some of these things and they're not going to be able they're going to have to be either or there have to be employees of the organization which, which I know the schools are. don't want well I know they don't want that but the schools don't want any of this they want to go back to the sugar bowl and some middle manager gets a million dollars on a trip to the Bahamas. They want that corrupt system of the past. And guess what? Like, Congress hates them. The Supreme Court hates them. Everybody hates them. It's a it's a winner to rip the NCAA. So I don't think they can hold any of this off. Okay, but the question is, if you become a, uh employee of the university, right. so now you need to get health benefits, yes, right? Now definitely. you need to get unemployment, yes. potentially. Now we need to get... And I'm not saying we should be able to figure all this out. If Chip Kelly can figure it out, I think we can put some smart heads in the room and figure this out. But Perloff, you had a good point. We were talking about this over the weekend about Chip Kelly and Jim Harbaugh yeah. are the real proponents it's of actually, this, and it doesn't feel like an accident. I actually borrowed it from Maurice Claret, the former Ohio State quarterback. He tweeted, he's like, Jim Harbaugh and Chip Kelly get it because they've been professional coaches and they understand that college football is professional football. So, I mean, to me... And like Maurice Claret, I watch a college football game and there's so many commercials and they're not like ma and pa stores. It's like an Amazon commercial and a Dr. Pepper commercial and an Apple commercial. And I think, oh, well, where's that money going to? Guess where it's going to? It's going to some corrupt college employee, some middle manager somewhere and the coach for a buyout. That should be absolutely going to the players. And I think common sense is starting to take hold here. And if a guy like Chip Kelly can figure this out, who's not exactly Mr. Personality. Well, smart dude, but <laughs> he's smart dude, but he's yeah. not exactly I, I mean if Chip Kelly should one, be like the front man for this. Well, you know? no, it's ironic. Like he's the one who's saying, Let's take care of these kids, and he's not known as a guy who takes care of his athletes necessarily. He's sort of a 
curmudgeon. Well, I don't know how you yeah. describe them. And same with Harbaugh. But the fact that Chip Kelly and Harbaugh are doing this, they understand that college football is professional. They're, everything about it is professional. It's making millions and millions of dollars. And I still don't know where half that money goes. And I'm telling you right now, it's not going to academics. One of the things I also loved about this, outside of paying the student-athletes, was basically saying that you'd be able to get your rivalries back. Because he said, look, if we're in a big 64-team conference and you're in the West, you'll play in a West division. So we'll get to play against the teams we normally play. We can protect those rivalries. And then we'll have kind of like in the NFL where the AFC yeah. has like four games against the NFC. We'll have four games against Pitt and West Virginia or whatever, and we get those out of the way. But you could somehow get those rivalries that we're now losing. You're going to lose your Washington versus Washington State. You're going to lose some of these big games that people care about in those markets. You can get those back potentially if you do actually expand to 64 teams. Yeah, you're going to end up having, you know, the NFC East plays the AFC East once exactly. every four years. It's just going to be the NFL. Well, and, and I think that's where you kind of mentioned, too, with Harbaugh and Chip Kelly. The NFL experience, they just went to the NFL model, basically. It was like, we could do this. All we got to do is just figure it out. It's not as difficult as everyone seems to make it out. It, it's just the paying the players part. It's not like it's impossible. It's just going to be a little complicated, right? Are you going to give each team salary caps? Are you going to do like that? Are they, you're going to need a general manager now? Is the coach going to be responsible? Like I know the, like who doles out the money and who decides who gets what, like all that stuff can be totally figured out. I think it'll have to be collectively bargained by the way. I think you had a good point. Like I think that there's going to have to be a contract. Right. And it's also the players Do they get a flat fee, right? Do you have to, yeah, is yeah. every quarterback no. making $2 million right. or is what? It, it's just on the, is it just for your position or is it slotted to who you are and right. what type of player no, you are? Is there a penalty for if you transfer? Like if now if the transfer portal is going to be open potentially like free agency every year, what happens if you go from, uh, I don't know, Ohio State to Syracuse? Do you get more money, less money? Do you have to give back any of your money? I don't well, know. Here's, uh, it's like the NFL the, where your contract yeah. just Bonuses over. if you win the Heisman or if you're in the final. I mean, one of the nastiest things about college football is that these quote-unquote four-year scholarships are actually one-year scholarships. Yeah, they've and, gotten rid of a lot, some of those, but th- it's awful. Yeah, yeah, and a lot. What reason why you see a lot of these guys in the transfer portal? People assume that everybody just wants to get a, a better NIL, or everybody just wants to play, and some of that is true. But some of these players are getting cut. Yeah. That's what's happening, and I think that's one of yeah, the. What things do you think that, to Kyle McCord? I mean, yeah, he got cut. He definitely I'm, got I'm, cut. I'm sorry, like I know, and, and like that's nothing against Kyle McCord. He, he's a talented kid, but like the fact that that can happen. Is crap. Like wait, wait, you're wait. telling a kid, Kyle McCord probably could have hung out if he wanted to. He probably yeah. could have been. A you know guy. what happens? Ryan Day comes and say, "Hey, look, Kyle, we're you bringing can stay in here, someone else. And you can, you can, you can stay here, get your degree at Ohio State, and that's fine. But we're going to bring in a new quarterback, and you're probably not going to be a starter. So you got to come off the bench, kid. Yeah. So I think you should probably head elsewhere. Guess what? That means he got cut. Like, and a lot of these, and that Kyle McCord is a high end example. But there's a third string guy, a fourth string guy who was told he was going to have a four-year ride at a FSU, a Miami, Ohio State, or Michigan, or whatever, and they're being told, get in that portal, kid, because you don't got a spot here anymore. Yeah, That's true, but, okay, that's a problem, but what about the fact that the, these kids are putting their their heads on the line and not getting enough money, and there's not lifetime health care? It's a that, big problem. I oh, it's yeah, a big it's problem. It's, it's crazy to me that, that we've sit and we've let this go on for years and years and years. I mean, the only it feels like HBO Real Sports has uncovered corruption in the sport hundred million times. Remember that story about how all these bowl executives were just profiting oh, and yeah. stealing mm-hmm. money. Yep. Uh, That's I just when think, I uh, volunteered to be the chairman of the Poinsettia Bowl. Yeah, and they said no. I, I think and I was you, like, but I want the free golf clubs <laughs> and the strip club. One more thing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't actually need the strip you, club you, trip. <laughs> I'll take the clubs though. You know what's really interesting too? They're going to have a commissioner that, and that's going to happen. And that's going to happen. Greg Sankey, step on up.
Yeah, I mean, Kelly step on up. How, how long are you gonna be at UCLA? Again, I don't think he can be the front man. Yeah, you want him as a spokesman? Well, I mean, Harbaugh has definitely been Harbaugh has been way out in front of this too. So he and he's a little more powerful than Chip Kelly because the team's better right now. He cheats, yes, that's true. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Chip Kelly, I'm assuming, has a good relationship with Nike from his Oregon days. I have to yeah, imagine Jordan that's Brand School now. No, but I think Harbaugh's Q rating is way above Chip Kelly now because UCLA, he's an offensive genius who could score four points a game at UCLA. <laughs> he's been really bad. I mean, but look at our league commissioners. We have who? Adam Silver, Roger Goodell. We have uh, uh, Bettman, Barry Bettman. And, and then Manford. These guys. Uh, Don Garber. Are these guys a cult of personality? I mean, come on. A lot of them are lawyers, though. Yeah, but I don't think you'd ever put a former coach in that. Right? You, you need a businessman. Uh, Marco, what else you got? Uh, a few notes from the late game. Ravens likely lost running back Keaton Mitchell for the season. Knee injury. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence placed in concussion protocol. Jets level of futility up to 13 straight years without a playoff berth. Officially eliminated with the lopsided loss of the Dolphins. Longest playoff drought in sports. And DJ Reed basically summed up the last 13 years. It's a good old, good old ass whooping, man. Sometimes <laughs> get your ass whooped, man. Simply put it. Yeah, and the Jet fans know that feeling very well. Well, yeah. Watching a little bit of that game, I didn't check in for a ton of it, but Aaron Rodgers can't even hide it. Like, he can't even poker face this thing when you're getting smoked. He's, like, visibly – he's got a headset on. Don't be a freaking weirdo. (laughs) He was being a freaking weirdo. He's got a headset on. He's shaking his head. He's rolling his eyes. I mean, he knows there's a camera on him. I think he's a bum. Yesterday – He's an absolute bum. (laughs) Yesterday was really one of the first times – I was like, oh, Salah's gone. Like, Rodgers is openly, he's never going to throw Nate Hackett under the bus, right? Hackett's his dude. They both love the worst Austin Powers movie. Which is why there's an issue there, though. Because who's the next coach? Is it someone to placate Rodgers, or would it be who someone who should actually be the next head coach of the Jets? Right, but if if Salah's out, which you might be right, he yeah. might be tired of Salah, but here's the thing. He loves Hackett so much. Yeah. Anybody they hire is now come with a stipulation, but Hackett's still your offense coordinator? 100%. Who in the hell would want to do that? I have the one person who might be able to do this. Wait, should we tease it or? Sure. Is that a, is that tease worthy? I think there's one person that with these particular standards and given how they coach football, I think that this would be totally fine for them to be the Jets' next head coach. I'm interested. Marco, yeah. thank you so much for the headlines and also giving us that cliffhanger. EJ will reveal who should be the next head coach of the Jets next. 855-212-4CBS. A lot more to do, including we're going to tell you who's in and who's out when it comes to this NFL playoff picture. Got a lot of updates for you. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. But I want the free golf clubs. And why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast the strip club welcome back crazy crazy football weekend we're gonna get through some uh we'll do some playoff scenarios top of the hour Got a poll question out there for you about the Dallas Cowboys, who you get the sense need a home game more than most. Maybe you put... <laughs> Here we go! Here we go! Here we go! And partially so the rest of the team can hear those here we goes, which they couldn't last night in Buffalo, or at least it didn't seem like they could at all. Uh, Detroit would be another team that looks like they very much benefit from having home field advantage. Uh, let's hear a little bit more from Dak Prescott. He said the Cowboys don't play as well on the road. It's a huge difference. Um, and, and really, that's it, what the, this next week of preparation and, and honestly these next couple of weeks are about is, is figuring out what that, that difference is and trying to close that gap. Uh, obviously, we'd love to come out, start like we play at home, produce like we do at home, uh, but that just hadn't been the case. Here we go! 7-0 at home, averaging 40 points per loft. They are 3-4 and four on the road, averaging 22 points. So clearly the math, it's right there for you. And they still have a shot to win the NFC East. I think they need it so they can at least be assured one home game in the postseason. Yeah, it's going to be tough because the Eagles end their season with two games against the Giants and one game against the Cardinals. Uh, the Eagles can afford to lose tonight to Seattle and still have an easy path because they get the yep. tiebreaker over the Cowboys. I believe they still have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys if they both end up with the same record. I mean, let's be real, though. Both the Cowboys and the Eagles have a major problem. <laughs> I don't think I, I disagree with you. Yeah, in the sense. 49ers are the yeah, major problem. Yes. I don't think it matters who wins the NFC East. They're, somebody's going to need to figure out something with those Niners. So to me, it's just sort of window dressing which team actually ends up. And that's my team, the Eagles. Right now, the way both the Cowboys and the Eagles look, I don't think it matters. I, I, I think they have, they're going to both have to go to San Francisco, and it's going to be nearly impossible. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I'm curious to hear from Cowboy fans because how do you feel yesterday? You clinch a playoff spot, so you're all good there. And then 30 minutes after you find out that news, you get blown out. Now, before we went to break, EJ claims that he is the next head coach for the New York Jets. And the only reason on God's green earth why we'd be talking about the New York Jets today is because... Aaron Rodgers is on the sideline, visibly upset. 
like up the fellas. he is shaking his head. He's rolling his eyes. He looks like he he's sick to his stomach. He's got a headset on. We also got the news yesterday from Adam Schefter and I think a couple others that Rogers is actually healed enough to be medically cleared. If the Jets had not been eliminated from the postseason uh, for the 13th straight year yesterday, then Rodgers would have had a decision to make on whether or not to come back. Did you also see the practice footage that came out of him taking the three-step drops I by himself? I saw the three-step drops. There's allegedly an uh, interception that happened in practice that wowed everybody, though no one has footage of that somehow. Hmm. It's like a Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. <laughs> Did it happen to Hershey, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Uh, so yesterday watching Rodgers just really be disgusted, kind of, on the sideline, made me think Robert Sala is probably gone. Now, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, clearly isn't going anywhere because Rodgers loves him and credits so much of his MVPs, his last two MVPs to him. So EJ has the perfect coach who would coach the Jets and still allow Hackett to be on the staff? Yeah, so think about this. The Jets lack competency at the head coach position. Robert Sala seems like a great defensive coordinator, but doesn't seem to be head coach material given how poorly coached Jets look. Each and every week. Okay. So you have the Hackett problem. Okay, that is a problem. But let's think about coaches who have had to survive some, let's say, shoddy play calling at times, but has been known as a leader of men, a guy who can bring true stability to an organization, something to just need. And right now, he doesn't seem too happy with the team he's currently coaching out in Pittsburgh. All right, man, let's be honest, right? We're a fundamentally poor football group right now. We're playing losing football. And um, I take responsibility for that. Um, By losing football, I mean we're just not doing fundamental things well enough. We're not. Wow. You think the Jets should trade for Mike Tomlin? Yes. Whoa. He's the only guy. Now, this is in this terrible scenario where Hackett's still the offensive coordinator. So if I was being realistic, I, I... I don't think many coaches could handle the Hackett situation. I'd hope that they just start fresh. But with Rodgers around, and it's realistic to think that Hackett will still be around, who is a coach that can overcome? Wait, is this because Tomlin won fire Matt Canada? You think he'll just go out there with any offensive right. coordinator? Right, he had Matt Canada. He had <laughs> Matt Canada. They would have I winning like records that. with I Matt like Canada. That. And look, it, it, he, he had winning records with Matt Canada, and he didn't have Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback. Yeah, that's for sure. But if you have someone like Mike Tomlin, who seems like his message has worn out his welcome in Pittsburgh, Maybe he comes to New York, he brings a level of stability, he brings a level of respectability, and that's really what the Jets need right now. Wow. Mike yeah. Tomlin, a trade in the conference? Wait, so let me ask, you're a Jets fan, right? Swimming. Yes. What is the, uh, so what's the ups, The highest possible record would be 9-8, and eight, and the lowest possible record would be 8-9 and nine with the Jets next <laughs> year with Mike Tomlin? What? We Come with on. Mike Come Tomlin. on, like, you're going to slow down this offense even more by bringing in Mike Tomlin? No, it can't be any slowed down anymore. Yes, watch Mike Tomlin slow is. it down. Give Mike Tomlin that defense, and he will suck the wind out of that football game so fast. Look how they play now. Look how they play now with Hackett. Look how they played before with Mike LaFleur. I think if Aaron Rodgers is there, and he says, look, Aaron Rodgers, you're the coach of the offense, okay? You're the coach. You make everybody do what they're supposed to do, yeah. and I'll trust you with that. You trust me with leading this locker room, bringing this team together, and you could keep Jeff Albrecht as defensive coordinator. He's not doing a bad job. I have yeah. no problem with Jeff Albrecht, and he may be a head coach at some point in time. And he, Mike Tomlin comes in. He's just a CEO of the team. He's getting the team playing the right way. He's talking about those okay, fundamentals wait, that the Steelers on. lack that they're not listening to, and maybe he brings that to the Jets. Okay, it's it's inspired. I'll give you that for a second. I thought you were about to say Belichick. I'm like, you know Belichick's not doing that. I, I, don't, anyway. I don't want Belichick. Get okay. him out of here. 
So here's the question, though. If you are going to trade for Mike Tomlin, what are you giving up? Because if you're the Jets right now, if the season ended today, you have the sixth overall pick. So you're not giving that up. No, you get a second-round pick. You think that would do it? Or 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 what I would do is, so you're in a tough position because the, the Packers pick is kind of in limbo, right? Am I, am I, or does it become a second? I don't remember exactly the situation. Oh, the Rodgers. Oh, because right. Rodgers didn't Rogers play. Rodgers didn't play, so Jets keep their pick. I don't remember right. if it turns into a second or if it lays over. Either way, I would either trade next year's first-round pick if I can. So not this year, but 2025, Five. I guess. Yeah. Or I'd give them a second this year. You got to pick for I, head coach. I'm sorry. I, I love all your logic, and they're great points, but you got to bring in an offensive coach. I mean, I know Hackett's there. You cannot go from Robert Saw to Mike Tomlin. But I'm – I agree, but look, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and the team has clearly shown that he runs the organization. So I'm saying, I'm like, okay, that's he, terrible. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> let me make it clear. I'm not saying that this is the best case scenario. I'm you, saying it's the best case scenario if Hackett still has to be here and Aaron Rodgers still has to be here. This is how you get this done in a way I think inspires confidence in the next season. Who has confidence going to next season with Salah still here? Yeah, nobody. But. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. I think Mike Tomlin gets people's attention for sure. I think a lot of guys remember that. Um, maybe it was a little fakakta, but you remember the poll, the players' poll uh, in the Athletic, where they said, "What's who's the one coach besides your own that you would want to play for?" And it was like Mike Tomlin yeah. by an overwhelming number. Like yeah. I, I do think guys want to play for him, except this year's Steelers team. But except yes. for the, <laughs> except for these, yeah, I don't think Joe Pickens was in that poll. <laughs> except for oh, Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Rod, and, and Najee Harris. <laughs> the entire defense on Saturday is like, we're good, we're done for the year. <laughs> I know. Can I? I know. Okay. Can I? EJ, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea. They're, I just I don't know if the, I'm not convinced the Steelers are moving on from Tom. It just uh, feels like there's so much pressure in Pittsburgh right now. It's more pressure, I think, that they face oh, to change their co- their their coach. Ooh, it's been 16 I years. Know. I mean, it's it's been a good run. Like, right. They might know. have a losing record. In fact, I think they will have a losing record this year. They're seven and seven. That team looks like a team is going to win two more games. Hell no. Wait, can I tell you what happened with my bet? Or does no one want to hear this? This was this was the worst beat of all time that turned into a miracle win. I love the the TikTok of this was <laughs> wonderful. It was so fun to follow okay. with you. I I love this. So this game, the Colts and Steelers game, Saturday afternoon, like it was over, right? Like the the Steelers, they didn't get Steelers blown out. Jumped out. They should have. They should have easily yes. controlled that game, and they did not at all. No, they did not at all. And the Colts, the Colts win the game, but it's like a two score game with three and a half minutes left to go. or Basically, I have the over bet. 42 and a half. I need them to get to 43. 42 and a half, okay. Right. So they're sitting there, and it was uh, at, four, at, at 40. The and, total was at 40. Yeah, the total. And Matt Gay, the kicker for the Indianapolis Colts, doinks a field goal. Okay. Not it wasn't even that far, was it? It was. I think it was like a 42-yarder, yeah. something like that. Inside, though, and doinks it. So I'm like, oh. How, what a sting to lose an over-under bet on a doink field goal. Like, that's got to suck. So when the Steelers get the ball back, they do nothing. The Colts get the ball back, and they start to take a knee in victory formation. Mike Tomlin calls a timeout. <laughs> two and a half minutes left to go. They're in victory formation, the Colts. Tomlin calls a timeout. It ticks off the Colts. They're like, all right, well, now we got to run plays because, like, he's going to keep calling timeouts. And it ticked off. I think it ticked off Shane Steichen and the mm. Colts staff. It's so like, all right, they move the ball, they get back into field goal range, and Matt Gay kicks another one, and 43. I win the bet. <laughs> oh, by half a point. Thank you, Mike Tomlin. Yeah. You're the real MVP. Future and Jets coach. The only bet I won of the week. Ouch. Thank you, Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.